The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to the second part of episode 20, where we are discussing questions submitted by you um, on heaven and hell. And so we started off with the first part, uh, talking mainly about hell and the questions submitted there, and today we're going to focus on moving towards heaven-related questions. And with me today, again, are pastors Aaron Case, Jonathan Mitchell, and Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back again. Good to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you guys again so much for last week dropping a ton of knowledge on us. You didn't let me talk, but whatever. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow, Bobby. What were you were you gonna say something? I was just gonna say thank you for, for inviting us in. Oh, well, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm, it's good to be here with you. The choices are limited. You guys told me that you were gonna be here and that I was gonna talk to you about this. So uh but but I'm glad you're here. Last week we um we talked candidly openly with a lot of information and scripture and we hope that you took the time to listen and uh, understand and do your own um, searching of the scripture and just let that kind of sink in because those were some really fantastic questions Uh, and we've got even more today and so um, we're going to jump right in and this kind of will bridge the gap between our questions last week and our questions this week and they're actually pretty common questions, especially based off of some books and some movies that have come out over uh, the last few years. And so we'll start here. And the first question says, do people who temporarily die truly see paradise or Hades? And then I'll get to the second part of that question in just a minute. G is about to go. So, I don't, <laughs> don't want to steal it from him. Uh, I, would, I would just simply say... Um, it's, it's hard to say completely no, um, because there are some scriptures where people receive a vision of heaven. You have Isaiah and Isaiah six, you have Paul ascends to the third heaven. He does, he says that whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Um, now those weren't near death experiences. Now for Isaiah, he was like, I need to die, but because um, he saw the throne room of heaven, which I think is an appropriate response. Uh, but what we would, or what I would say, is weigh everything by scripture, just simply as that. Um, you know, obviously, there's been times in scripture where people have died, like Lazarus, um, and we don't we don't know what happened to him. I mean, he didn't come back and write a book that we know of. <laughs> Uh, that was a bestseller or anything like that. Um, but you know, if, if he had, we'd still have to weigh it by what scripture says, what does scripture say about heaven and hell? And then I would, I would even caveat all this with the question, do you need people's visions to validate heaven and hell to you? Um, or do you just need the authority of scripture? That's where I would just simply say is weigh everything by scripture, uh, 
I would say take it with a grain of salt personally, just because um, who knows exactly what that is. Is it a dream? Because all dreams are not uh, truth, if that makes sense. So could it have just been a dream? Uh, You just have to weigh everything by what does scripture say? Understand that. And if you need those things to validate whether you truly believe heaven and hell are real, um, I would encourage you to, to really assess what your standard of truth is. Is it God and his word or is it um, out, outside evidence? And, and so I'll go ahead because you're kind of going there anyway. I'll go ahead and add the second part of this on there because uh, this was a, I would imagine, I never read it. I think we all decided in here that none of us had really read it. And I'm not going to mention the book. You will know what it is. But there has been best-selling level literature and books and, you know, hit movies that uh, that are kind of following this topic. And so the second part of that question says, how much stock should we put into people's accounts who claim to have seen either, uh, like seen heaven or hell, hair, pfft, sorry, heaven or hell while being temporarily dead? So that's that kind of is one bigger question with the maybe the same answer here yeah sorry i kind of hit on that no you're good talk. <laughs> okay well yeah no i i would yes and amen what uh, pastor jonathan and said you know what I, I do see it a lot like our stance here at eden chapel on the spiritual gifts um you know i think we need to again weigh everything by scripture um that's that's our only guide for faith and practice so um, that's our only infallible guide that we have. So um, when we look at when we look at accounts and we see that they just don't line up, we don't. Well, let's try to hold on to this part because we would really love that. Um, we need to throw it out because it's just like any sort of prophet in the Old Testament. If they would give a false prophecy, uh, Scripture tells us not to even listen to them, not even give them the time of day to mark them and be separate from them. So. Um, what what we don't know is more than we do know in this area. And we're so, we're so, um, and, and I believe that's purposeful on God's part um, because there's so many things that we look forward to, you know, seeing Aunt Jessie and, you know, all these other things, no pain, all this other stuff, when the real treasure of heaven is being in the presence of Christ. Um, so all those other things will be there. Those will be truths. But like what we're told that they see, you know, being medically dead is not the same as God calling you home dead. You know, so there's another distinction that we have to make. Um, and just to give just to give a personal story, you know, that um, to kind of lean towards the other way. Um, one of the amazing things when um, one of the many times my dad almost lost his life when his aorta began to uh, burst. And it was a miracle that he was even saved. Um, and we praise God for that. But he talked about, well, let's see, he was on, in a coma for right around a week. And the first week he came back to church, we had never used this slide before. But he told me after the service, he said, literally, when I was out, I saw those three hills and that cross on there. And I know I'd never seen that before. And literally, that was the screensaver for our songs that day. So so how do you how do you even explain that, right? Like... He, he's not the person, like he would mock people who had experiences like that. So for him to say that, uh, it meant something to me. And it's sort of like me locking it in the back of my mind. What we do not want to do is say God can't do something, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to limit 
the sovereign king of the universe. But at the same time, we thank God that he's given us his word to weigh all things by. Yeah. Amen. When I, when I first heard this question, I, what ran through my mind was, um, you know, when somebody dies and goes to heaven or, you know, that God would tell them, uh, well, I'm not ready for you to die yet and send them back. And that's what went through my mind. And I was thinking, you know, with this, uh, you know, to give stock into that, I'm not going to do that. You know, sola scriptura, what it, you, um, you know, every, we are, we are under the authority of scripture and kind of what Aaron said, um, what I would say is that we should take it case by case and that it's not the norm. Um, you know, just like, uh, uh, with the gifts, like what Aaron was mentioning, you know, um, someone uh i'm not going to limit god and what god can do but i would say that someone uh speaking tongues every time the church doors open is not scriptural that's not the norm yeah i th- i think it would be important you you all have said it let's not limit what god's able to do but let's also be careful to make sure that we're not trying to grasp a hold of something that makes us feel better and Johnny, you said it a second ago. Um, you know, if that's what we're basing our belief on heaven or hell on is somebody else's account, then, then that's a whole separate issue uh, that that we need to be worried about. Um, because oftentimes those books or those movies they give us this this like feel good goosebump feeling, um, and maybe that's not always what we need. You know, because it's not based in scripture. Can yeah. Oh man. You have to be careful about accounts because you have to see where there are things that do contradict directly what scripture says. And or take liberties. Yes. Right? And if that's if that is the case, you have to be very, very careful because you're now elevating them to a place of authority that's only reserved for God. And and that's why I would just be, you know, very, very cautious about such things. And why I personally myself don't take a lot of stock in them I don't, or don't put a lot of stock in them. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I just, I trust what God says in his word. I imagine heaven all the time. I imagine what it's going to be like. I don't think we're going to talk about that here in just a second. And I think there's room for imagination, but you never want it to sway from what is true in God's word. And, and that's what we have to be very, very careful about. Well, can I, can I just put another little caveat here just so we can lose um, maybe one or two of the few listeners we have? Um, <laughs> that would go also, and I know this is dangerous and you guys will understand when I say it, but this goes also for Christian art. Um, I know that this is, this is probably digging a ditch here, but you know I know some people are just all jacked up for the Chosen series. Um and I know I watched one episode and I know some of our people are massively in love, but like the liberties that that takes, the things that we don't know, you know, like I hear people talking about, man, wasn't it awesome that, you know, how Peter did this or Jesus did this. And I'm like, okay, that's on the show or is that in the book? You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, but our, our people are just like, yes, something decent in Christian media. Because Christian media sucked for so long, 
We've had the most terrible, you know, we've done the most terrible job with the gift of art that God has given us. We should have the best movies. We should have the best productions. But instead, we've fallen behind. The story is God's. Mm -hmm. Like every story arc is saying something spiritually about the people in the movie or about us, how we consume it. So we have the story. We have the crowned king. We have the victorious story. The problem is we are falling in love more so, not with the word, but with a product of art that does not, and it may do some, I get that, and I'm not, not going to fight with people on that, but we must be careful to elevate those things from over, yeah. over just entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for that. I think that those, those are great answers, and, and like you said, it might hurt some feelings, but... Jesus loves you, and we do too, so it's all right. <laughs> Come back and listen next week if you don't like this one. All right, uh, so moving on to the second question here. Uh, let's talk about the difference between the intermediate and eternal state of heaven. Whoever wants can go there. But I would say it's uh, my understanding that um, in the Old Testament, Sheol... Um, you know, you have Abram's bosom and then you have, uh, Hades and, um, those who are righteous, those who are, the, um, looking forward to Jesus, um, were in Abram's bosom, whereas those who, um, did not believe were in Hades. Make sure I get this right. <laughs> You're fine, man. <laughs> um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And what I what I would say is like when to me when Jesus preached to the um, uh, those in Abram's bosom, um, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he took those saints with him, and. Um, and now all of us, when we, when we die, the saints, those who believe in Jesus Christ, when we die, we are, again, are absent from the body and are present with the Lord. And we, along with the Old Testament saints, all of us will come back uh, and meet our glorified bodies. When Jesus returns, we will meet our glorified bodies in the air with Jesus. And that's all of us, the Old Testament saints and us, um, New Testament saints, all of us together. And I hope that answered your question. But no, that's good. That's a good start. I have a obviously small differences, which if you listen to the last episode, the differences arise just in how shales understood. Uh, I believe the intermediate state has been and will be until Christ returns to judge the living and the dead. And so those who die in Christ will be absent from the body, but present with the Lord. I think, I think this is also why I'm not saying it's uh, the worst thing ever to, to cremate or to get cremated or anything like this. But I think there is a very visible um, message in being buried because you're committing your body to the ground, trusting that the Lord will rise it again. Hmm. Um, that's why, you know, I personally will, would like to be buried when I die is because I, I, I trust that as my body's being committed to the ground, um, one day it will rise when Christ returns mm-hmm. and it will be glorified. Yeah. 
not saying God can't uh, put together ashes and put together those whose bodies have been mangled and things like that. Uh, but there is a, a purposeful um, doing in that. I think it's a wonderful, glorious gospel picture. And so this intermediate state, I think, has always been uh, the same in Old Testament, um, and Old Covenant, and New Covenant. Uh, to be absent from the body, as Paul describes it, is to be present with the Lord. And on the other side, uh, the intermediate state with uh, those who die um, unrepentant and outside of Christ will die. And there is a, such thing as we would call a an intermediate hell, Hades, um, where there is torment. It is conscious. Uh, I think you can look to Luke 16 for these things. There's a chasm between these um, two places, uh, Abraham's bosom or paradise. And um, and so it, it will be intermediate. Um, and then when when everyone, every single person, both the, both the righteous and the unrighteous, the living and the dead are raised that last day, then the eternal state starts and that's a glorified body. It's forever. It's, um, we'll get to it. It's might not be where you think it's going to be. So just wait. Uh, yeah. And so I I think just so I agree with, you know, 95% of everything G said, my difference is how I think it's always looked and will look until Christ returns. Okay. Aaron, do you want to follow up on that anywhere? I mean, I, yeah, I think I think the fellas did a good job, you know, on that. And and again, not to reiterate too much, but yeah, I would say, you know, before Christ, you know, the two two departments of Sheol, Christ rose, led them to heaven with the Father, um, and then while they are waiting eternal glorification, where those who are here on earth will be met with Him in the air, and will rule and reign. I won't finish that because that's coming. Um, and then, yes, I would agree with Johnny also as far as Hades and then the lake of fire being the eternal states for the unbeliever. And, and we believe the intermediate state is not just like some fluffy ethereal thing either. Like uh, even in the intermediate state, there is a um, ruling with, well, in our understanding, I guess, our eschatological understanding, there is a ruling and reigning with Christ happening now with the saints who have gone before us. Um you know, in Revelation, you have saints before the throne of God pleading with the Father, how long until you take vengeance on those who have martyred us? And so uh, it's not just this like floaty thing on a cloud. I think it's, a lot of us think, uh, you know, some, some people think that's what the eternal state looks like. I don't think that's the intermediate state either. I think there is a somewhat physical reality to it that's going to be heightened, glorified, elevated, perhaps um, when the eternal state does does begin. Okay. Thank you for that. So let's uh, tag onto the back of that and talk about the glorified body situation, what that is, what that looks like. Do we even have a clue? Like, I mean, I got some personal work to do. So, you know, some of you guys are might also have some work that a glorified body would be good for. Uh, is there good, are we going to have hair? I know that's kind of a shortage in the room right now. I kind of hope not. <laughs> <laughs> or is glorified without hair. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, like we're G. closer to our glorified body. <laughs> that's right. yeah. those, those, uh, those children that got consumed by the she-bears might think bald is beautiful <laughs> They now. may think something different. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to uh, say, go on up, old body. Yeah. You know? yeah that's right. Um, um, well, yeah, our glorified bodies. I think, I think one of the, 
Um, there, there are many misconceptions. And again, I think, I think we do, we do get some clues based on scripture on which way to go with this. But I think we're so hungry to go too far again without simply trusting in God, you know, um, obviously I believe that, you know, gosh, I don't want to get into what we will do because I know that's coming, but, um, I like some people believe, you know, you'll be the perfect age, you know, like right around 27 or something, you know, Jesus's age when he left the earth. Um, you know, obviously we know, I don't think I've ever gotten the perfect age. <laughs> if it's 27, listen, I'll skip that. Well, boy. Listen, mine may have been my teenage years. I don't know. I, I've got a condemned body right now. <laughs> it's rejecting me. But anyway, no, I, you know, when you think of all those things, you think of obviously, you know, no pain, no crying, no hurting. So obviously our body will be above sickness. Wings. Know. Uh, I don't believe we'll have wings. Oh, I don't believe right. there'll be any harps, at least in our hands. Maybe not. Maybe there'll be a, a heavenly band. Um, that'll be cool. But um, led by the pig, Alex himself. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Boss there Hog will lead no the way. He would not be. Yeah, he's got to be the one. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so I think again, what we you know, as we continue in through this discussion, I would, I would caution folks not to just believe because you know, Grandpa said in church one time, but. Look at the word, look at the Bible, see what it says and weigh all things by the scriptures. Well, and I think it goes back, this question goes exactly back to what you're talking about earlier with the artistic thing. Like people, their first thought is, you know, we're this opaque, like glowing figure and we have wings and we... Like a fat baby on a cloud. That, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Which I sort I of pray present. we're not that's where I'm saying body, man. Some of y'all are just missing your clown. I'm just saying. That's yeah. It's true. I, I, I think... I qualify. <laughs> G's already got his glorified G body, man. Glorified. <laughs> I, I think there's... When, when I think about the glorified body, I think Paul describes this body as a lowly body. A tent is what he describes it as in... Uh, what's second Corinthians four or five. And, you know, like I, I just think about those things and a lot of us have, I'm not including me in this, but, but bodies that are, that are, you'd go, man, it can get better than this. That's pretty awesome. You know? And then there's some of us who in these bodies, in these lowly bodies right now, we have things that are left to be desired. I think there's no greater example on this earth than Joni Erickson Tata. Mm. Um, man, she, just an incredible example of what it is to just trust in a savior who redeems perfectly. She said this, the first thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified knees. Like, Amen. I mean, Amen. and this is a lady who's wheelchair bound, who has not stood. And the first thing she's going to do in her glorified body that she will be able to run and leap and do anything she wants with, with that body. She goes, I'm going to see Jesus and I'm going to bow at his feet. And so we kind of get caught up on what this body looks like. Um, I'm just excited what we're going to use our bodies for. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's going to be really cool is that we will be with, with these bodies that we can't fathom exactly how can we jump higher? Probably. Can we run faster? Probably. You know, will we look better for me? Definitely. <laughs> um, but we will be able to use our bodies in a way that perfectly worships Christ. That's exciting. 
Like that should pump us up for what the eternal state will, will represent is in the so many ways I've used my body to fail and to fall short of God's glory in, in the new heavens and new earth, I will be able to use to perfectly worship my savior who deserves it all. Yeah. Anybody else want to add to that one before we move on? All right, let's move on to the next question. What are we going to do and where will we be? When we get to heaven, I believe there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And I don't, obviously, I don't know definitively, um, but I got just personally, like there's been times where um, in church I've been singing hymns to the Lord. And, and I'm not saying I saw a glimpse of heaven. Don't, um, I'm just saying that I kind of got a feel for what, um, worship would look like, like all of us from every tongue, tribe and nation, uh, worshiping the Lord together. And I don't, obviously I don't know where that will be, (laughs) um, but I think we could get a, um, you know, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, I think there will be um, maybe some kind of work that we do, um, you know, in the new heaven and new earth. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say definitively that I know. Yeah, well, where, where I would look to, one of, one of the many places we could look to is Revelation chapter 9 or seven excuse me uh verse nine uh, and this is john's account obviously what he saw and after i looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples languages standing before the throne of the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb and and we we then he gives a picture of the living creatures and everyone just falling on their face worshiping god and I guess this this brings up another subcategory, so be sure that we answer this question, Bobby. But okay. um, I've heard so many people say, which I've never been able to grasp, and maybe you guys are them, because I've known a lot of Christians who've said this, but, man, aren't, aren't we just going to be bored in heaven? Like, aren't we just going to be bored? And I'm, I've just never been able to fathom that. There are a lot of things I can't fathom, you know, and, and I'm not right on, I'm sure, but, like, I just can't imagine when I look around just at our mountains, like, and I look at God's creation, I look at the Tennessee sky basically every night. Um, when I look at, well, when I was there for the birth of my sons, when, you know, I see the amazing qualities of the body that God has created and just all these things. And I think this is what the cursed part looks like. What do you think that it'll be like when we're free? Not only that, Yes, we praise God for the spirit within us, but we will be face to face with our Savior. What are you going to do? You're going to fall like Johnny Erickson Tata on your knees and you're going to worship. How long will you spend there? Does it matter? Could do you ever need to get up? You know, but we we talk about the, the marriage supper. We talk about we will eat. Right. And we won't be just like we won't be dumb, you know, just ethereal, uh, you know, objects. We're we're going to know more than we've ever known. Like, so we will know each other. But the beauty of it is 
again, hopefully not to open up too many tabs here, but um, we will understand that those who are not with us are rightfully damned by the judgment of God. We won't be sitting there, you know, sad, brokenhearted. We will be understanding because we will be face to face with our King. Those who uh, were left to judgment, righteously so, um, that's what they received. But we will be overwhelmingly in awe that we are in the presence of the Lamb of God. I think you said it. Uh, it was a while ago, Pastor Aaron. But if we don't rise up from our Savior's feet for the first billion years, not a second will be wasted. You know, like it's it. The only thing I struggle with eternity is fathoming eternity. Because yeah. I mean, I just don't even know how to do that. But I know that no time will be wasted. I know that no time will be boring. And I know that if all we did was just sit around the throne and worship Christ, we won't be bored, you know, and you know, I've said it before. If church does bore you there, there probably is something wrong. You probably won't like heaven that much, but that's not all heaven will be that I would say the eternal state would be. And like, I, I think we, we've been made creatures of, of pleasure and desire ultimately to be satisfied uh, chiefly in in Christ. And so I think about, you know, Adam and Eve were created to to work in the garden and to to laugh and to love and to play. I think there's going to be that in the mm-hmm. eternal state. I think there's going to be um, working and, and relationship and there will be uh, exploring. There will be things that are going to be so awesome that will all be acts of worship to God uh, as as was the original design in the garden. And I think about, you know, this new city will come down from heaven to earth, the new Jerusalem, whether that's a physical, literal thing or not, we know that it does represent the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwells and it will be with his people Mm -hmm. and he will be in our midst. We revelation says we will behold him face to face and so we'll we'll be in this place where God perfectly dwells with His people, and we will be in perfect relationship with Him. And I think it'll be here on the earth. <laughs> I think this earth will be transformed and renewed. Uh, we can from the curse. Yeah, we we can go to the the passage, and uh, I think it's Second Peter where it talks about the earth will be destroyed by fire. We will go. So this this earth won't be here. Well, no, the earth's been destroyed once before mm-hmm. by water. And this time, I think it'll be refined. It'll what we know of this world will be destroyed, and it'll be perfect. Why? Because Christ wins. Christ wins His creation, mm-hmm. and so I think we will. Just like Pastor Aaron said, we're seeing the we're seeing the creation that groans in expectancy for the redemption, mm-hmm. for the for the glory of the sons of God. We're we're seeing a groaning creation. Imagine a creation that's totally redeemed, mm-hmm. unfathomable, and we get to we get to explore it and worship in it and um and and do a lot i think of the things that we do here not all but a lot because we are we have been made creatures given good gifts by god to be enjoyed that would be acts of worship towards him so i I would say a pastor once informed me let your imagination soar but always soar upon the truth what do you see in scripture what what has god created you for I think that's good evidence of what heaven's going to be like. Because ultimately, at the at the very end, Revelation twenty two, we we don't see this crazy, you know, just golden place, all gold, gold mansions, and you know, you know, all these crazy things. What we see is a 
what appears to be just a renewed garden, a garden of Eden. And there's a tree of life. There's a river, you know, that like flowing from the, from, from the throne of God. And I think that's going to be here and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that's what I, w- I would say. Douglas Wilson, uh, just started, uh, one of his books and it says in the book, there's a common hymn that says this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Maybe you're familiar with it. He says, I would just like to rephrase that by saying heaven is not my home. I'm just passing through. And so that intermediate state, when it becomes eternal, will be ruling and reigning with Christ here on the earth forever and ever. And the beauty is there will be no need for a sun because the light will come from our King. Like, just think about that. And thinking more about what, what Gary said, I mean, I think we've all been caught up in worship for time to time when God, you know, we make a mistake of thing. Well, thinking, well, you know, we didn't play the right note or, you know, we messed up the song, but there are just times when God decides to show up and just be, and just bless, just like the preaching. Like you can feel like you pronounced everything perfectly. Your illustrations hit and applied and it fall on its face. It's just that way. But when God shows up, like y'all know, man, when, when you feel the spirit of God and he just lifts you up and he just gives you that taste, like that's what I don't want to leave. I'm like, no, let's, <laughs> let's not move. Let's be careful, like not to scare it away kind of thing, you know. Yep. But that's what we're living in, going to be living in and further than we can even imagine. So just just bask in that, child. Yep. Like that's your future, yep. Christian. That, this is what is before us. Not Not to sound redundant in any way, but if... You know, I, Johnny, I know you've done it. Aaron, I know you've done it. And G, you've, you probably have too. But like sometimes on stage, and I know like Alex has, has done it. Anybody that's been there, you know, and, and our church, our church loves to sing and worship together. But there are times that I've just backed away from that microphone just to just to settle in on that harmonious sound of worship. And like you said, that is that is on this side of eternity, and it's a beautiful thing. So just getting fired up in here this evening talking about this is, whew, yeah. So if you are at home and, and you are getting fired up, you are right alongside of us on that. When we've been there 10,000 years. Hey, that's what we sang this morning. Yeah. Right, shining as a sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amen. 10,000 years. We can't, we can't even fathom that. That's, that's the earth's crazy. not even that old. Sorry. No, hey, we're we're about to bust. We're about to we're about to bust out of here. It's true. So I know we're backing up against the time frame here, but I do want to throw a couple of things out that you may or may not have seen coming. But I think it needs to be said so that it can be squashed and we can kind of just talk about it. But we hear this, and I feel like I I heard it more growing up than maybe I do now, except for you know excluding certain quote-unquote preachers, but um, <clears throat> the mansions in heaven is one thing that, that needs to be, I think, you know, discussed quickly if we can. And then, Johnny, you touched on it a second ago, and I, and I think we may have even talked about it in a, in a, former, um, in a former episode, but just a quick uh, thought on knowing the other people in heaven and and because you mentioned it and i know that you didn't mean like husband and wife relationship but you did say there would be you you believe there would be some sort of relationship uh, among the people and so if you could just clarify for us and their listeners 
uh, whoever wants to do the mansion one, and then whoever wants to, to take the knowing other people one. I'd love to do both, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll clarify the relationship comment. Um, I think that we will know everyone perfectly. And some some things I use kind of for that is, um, well, for one, we'll, we'll know Jesus, right? I mean, none of us have ever actually physically seen him. So that's exciting. We'll know him. We'll see him face to face. That That's a a symbol of, of com- completely knowing. But then also I think about the mountain of transfiguration, right? And the disciples recognize who's there. Like Moses and Elijah, like, well, they didn't know them, but they know them. And I think that we will know people because we will have this understand that things will be lifted from our eyes and from our brains that, that keep us from knowing things right now. Um, in regards to husbands and wives, what's crazy is I, I, I think I'll, well, I, I trust that I will still know Kara and I'll know her perfectly and I'll love her perfectly. I'll love her even better than I do right now, but that relationship won't be, uh, distinct from the other relationships I have because it will be just this perfect union of the family of God. Uh, uh, so I think there will be relationships to be enjoyed friendships, you know, to, to be had, I think there will be wonderful, wonderful relationships, uh, but there will be no marriage or giving a marriage in heaven. That's what Jesus plainly states. And so, uh, it's a great question and it's one, it's one packed with a lot of emotion. I would love to have my wife for eternity like I would, but then to know that there's a greater love that I haven't quite yet fully experienced yet coming. That's exciting. Um, and that's to be shared by the people of God. That's pretty, pretty amazing. I think in many ways we, if we're just honest, we're just thinking of the sexual aspect of it. True. You know, yeah. we're, we're sexual beings and that's what leads us, you know, in almost everything. We've talked about that plenty of times in here. Um, but there, there is, there isn't that kind of union in heaven, as Johnny just said. And there's not that kind of union or relationship with us in Christ and to think of the way he loves us perfectly without the need of anything like that or even yeah. mentioned should encourage us. There is greater. And that's you that's know? one thing that's about better. sex is it's an intimacy in order to get to know someone. I mean, that's I mean, the Hebrew would translate the sexual intimacy to know someone. And there so there'll be a complete knowing that you you will not need a sec, any type of sexual intimacy uh, which you know for some might bum people out but <laughs> But in reality, it should go. Wow, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna know not on my spouse, but others completely, but also love them completely in a way that will perfectly worship and honor Jesus. Well, and, and I think like you know that goes to your your family members, kids, parents to to know that you will love them in a way that you're just unable to here, no matter how much you love them, is is crazy to think about. Uh, just a form of worship is fellowship. Fellowship with other believers. When we're here at church and we're fellowshipping, I mean, I could imagine, you know, again, I, I don't know, but I could imagine the Lord looking down at his children and um, loving that we love each other. Um, you know, I, I, I watch, I used to watch, my kids are all grown, but when I would watch them play, it would make, it would bring me joy watching them play, watching them having fun with each other, watching them laugh and 
um, having a good time. That that made me feel good, and I could imagine at that me being a human being, I could imagine the Lord um, enjoying watching His children laugh and play, and um, genuinely fellowshipping with one another. I could imagine that that's how heaven would be. In that, you know, I'm I th- I think I personally think. I'm going to know Johnny. I'm going to know Aaron. You know, I, I'm going to know Bobby. I'm, I'm, I'm going to know my wife. I'm going to know uh, other believers. Um, I don't think it's a mistake that we go to church together. I don't think that's a mistake. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know how um, that will look like in heaven, but I absolutely think that we will know each other. Yeah, we'll know more, not less. And then to your second question, you know, it's it's uh, found in John chapter 14, you know, my father's house of many rooms, and I believe the King James translates it mansions. Um, the same word is also used in verse 23, where scripture says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come and we will make our home with him. So the main idea is not the fact that you get a 12,000 square foot mansion or that you're looking forward to the abode that God has prepared for us. Um, the abode that God pre- has prepared for us is eternity with him. And these, you know, that there's also uh, rooms, um, just dwelling place or meanings of that scripture. Um, and I think that's why uh, many of the newer manuscripts with, with more textual evidence tend to go that way. Um, because to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure that our glorified body needs rest. You know, that may be just a post to where we figure out where we're going to bring Christ's glory each day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, people get stuck up on that. And I've heard people, you know, I'm going to get my mansion, you know, and I'm like, bro, you know, <laughs> let's, let's rewind this episode and talk about the worship that's going to be going on there. Um, so anyway, what I would say is I think the better translation is rooms or just dwelling place. And so we're continually looking forward, not to just a house that's been created for us, but our fellowship with Christ. Yeah, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. That's our. That's the goal. And I would say two things on that. The text there, I don't think, is so much about how big the mansion is or the room is or whatever it might be. It's the fact that Jesus is going where he is going to prepare a place. It's to give confidence that when he's not with us physically, he's preparing the place to bring us to himself. And so it should actually give us confidence and how God saves and what he does to save us. And I think that's what it is. And then in regards to, to mansions, heaven's going to be amazing. Uh, and the new earth is going to be amazing. This new city that comes down from heaven to earth, there'll be streets of gold. There'll be, there'll be uh, fine jewelry and stones that we can imagine, but they're the places that we walk. And I, I, one pastor said it really well. What I think the imagery that God's giving if, if that's literal, completely literal, let's, let's go with it, that it is a literal place, literal gold that we're walking on, what that should be revealed to us is the things that we count most precious are pavement in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to be digging up the streets going, oh, I got some gold today. We're going to be walking on it. Be like, <laughs> like, this place doesn't compare to the, 
to the person that resides here. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to be focused on. Not, not how big our room or our mansion is, whatever it might be. It's the fact that Jesus is there and he prepared it for us. Amen. Well, thank you guys for today um, and for this discussion and for answering these questions for us and the listeners. Um, if there are no final thoughts, we good. Everybody at ease. Perfect. Uh, Pastor Aaron, will you close us in prayer? Oh, yes, for sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you just praising you uh, the, that you are our hope, that the eternal state worshiping you forever and ever awaits all who trust in you. Lord, and I just pray to those under the sound of our voice, Lord, that they would turn. They would repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, they would turn from their sins, forsake all iniquity, and hold fast to Christ. Lord, and I just, I thank you for the privilege of being here with my brothers and just this platform that you've given us to bring you glory. I pray that's exactly what happens. We love you, and we pray that you are honored and glorified above all else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 630 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.